I feel like not preaching. But when David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I think it was like this. Hallelujah. I don't know why you sang that song. You are on the wrong on that matter. But you just confused everything. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come to the point where you tell God, you know what, God? You are the only one that matters. Everything else doesn't matter. But you are the only one. That matters. This morning, in the next 30 minutes that we have, I want us to talk about how to avoid dead ends in life. How to avoid dead ends in life. Sometimes we start things and we mean well, and then all of a sudden you discover you've reached a dead end. How to avoid them? The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. So he is a man who started off in life, who started off on whatever this man wanted to do, and this man was so convinced with all his heart, with all her heart, this way is right. And then the Bible says, but it's only the way of God. And there are so many things in our lives that have come to a dead end. And I, and I saw the Lord and I said, God, why is it that sometimes we start things and we, we mean well? And then it comes to a dead end. And you go to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, as we begin to answer that question. This line, the Bible says, the heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. So if you think somebody else is wicked, they are not wicked. Your heart is desperately wicked. Because your heart can deceive you. This way is right. But the way that way ends is the end. The end of it is death. And then the Bible says, who can know it? Then God says in verse 10, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind. Even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doing. When you read scriptures like this, you begin to understand that there is a part of us which really wants a word from God. And this morning, if I was going to ask and say, how many of you really want a word from God? 
In line with whatever you may be facing in your life right now. How many of us would really read? You are like, Lord, I really need to hear you right now. If you could only give me a word from you, Lord, you'll be amazed. So there's a part of us that really, really, really wants a word from God. But, because there's a way that seems right to a man and its end, it's the end, the end of it is death. Whilst we may want a word from God, we are not really sure whether we want the word of God. We're not really sure. We're not really sure whether we want the word of God. We want the word from God, but we're not really, really sure whether we want the word of God. We're not really sure whether we can come to this point in life whereby we are wholly owned by the Bible. That the Bible owns us. I'm amazed when you look at statistics. Statistics show that maybe the, the, the book that has been sold while over, the, the, the hottest book in town is the Bible. Every version of the Bible that comes out, the message and all these other versions of the Bible, they are bought. When, when people come and say, man of God, please, what is the Lord saying? They are looking for a word from the Lord. But you know what God has done? God has given you His word. So the question is, are we really sure we want the word of God? When you look at the God we were worshipping this morning, He has revealed Himself as the Creator in the Bible. And I think we need to get to the point of understanding and knowing that without God creating us, we wouldn't be here. We are not here because our father and our mother decided that we should be here. God, G-O-D, wanted to be here. And your life is in his hand. To the point that if man would follow the knowledge of God, it would take him directly to where God is. To the place whereby you don't have to begin to say, God, I, I need a word from you. Because you are right in his presence. Hallelujah. You are, you are just right there. You are just right there. I, I love David. David would come before God and say, God, should I pursue my enemies? And then God would say, pursue them. If you will, if you does ask, hey, can I turn off this? It's not me. I think I can use the microphone. Huh? But David would, would ask God and say, God, should I pursue them? And God would say, pursue. And if you know some of us, we would take off. And God would say, okay, will I overtake them or not? And God would say, you will not overtake them. So why were you telling me that pursue them? And we need to come to that point. Now, there are a few things that I want us to look at this morning and then we'll carry on and I'm not going to preach for a very long time. I may continue next week. Let's go to the, back, the book of Psalm 19. I want you to look at what the word of God is. Because sometimes we want a word from the Lord. 
But there is the word of God. And the answer lies in the word of God. Because sometimes, I can assure you, some of you, you will never hear God speak to you directly. The way the pastor is talking to you directly right now. Because he has already done it. In the book of Psalm 19, when you look at the word of God, I was going to begin from this one, but this one it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. It's more or less like when the day has finished declaring who God is, then the day declares and says, we are handing over to you night. And then night begins to, de- to declare the knowledge of the Lord. And when the dawn is coming on, the dawn says, now we are handing you over unto you day. And the day begins to declare the greatness of our God. Verse 9. In verse 7, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. So the word of God is presented in this case as the law. And the Bible says, This law of the Lord is perfect. Everything else is imperfect, but the word of God is perfect. That's why you can find the perfect will of God in the scriptures. Hallelujah. And the Bible says it converts the soul. And I can assure you there is no soul on planet earth that cannot be converted by the word of God. It is the word, it is the word of God that restores your soul. You can try everything on planet earth, but only one thing will restore your soul. Only one thing will refresh your life. Only one thing will renew your mind. And that is called the word of God. Hallelujah. There is absolutely, absolutely no way you can know God without the scriptures. The only way to know God is through the scriptures. For one simple reason. The Bible will deal with your soul. Man cannot deal with your soul. But the Bible will deal with your soul. No matter how tough you might be like the way soul was. But one day, one day, you come face to face with the scriptures. And then you say, who are you, Lord? He says, I'm the one who are persecuting. Don't you know that your body is my temple? So the Bible says, the law of the Lord is perfect. The law of the Lord is perfect. And then the next part, he says, the testimony of the Lord, talking about the very same word, he says, the testimony of the Lord is sure. Why is it saying it is sure? It is saying it is sure because you can count on the word of God. You can count on the word of God. Hallelujah. And he says, making the wise simple. And I want you to know that there is, in these scriptures that we have, wisdom for every situation you face in life. 
You talk about parenting. The wisdom about parenting is in the scriptures. You talk about being diligent. The wisdom for that is in the scriptures. You talk about being excellent. The wisdom of that is in the scriptures. You talk about discernment. The wisdom of that is in the scriptures. And I want you, you make a decision and a choice. And say from today, I'm going to get grounded in this word. You're going to be wise. Because there will be some moments where you don't need to speak. And you won't speak. Even when everybody is expecting you to speak. And the way people force you to speak is, they have talked, 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 all the eyes turn to you, and you just smile. Because you know, at this point in time, I'm not supposed to speak. And people begin to wonder, but that guy, that woman, is very wise. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says in Isaiah 54, gathering, they will gather, but not because of me. And whosoever gathers against you shall fall for yourself. So you have to learn when to talk and when not to talk. I've told you before that you come to a stage in life. When life happens. That what you say is used against you. What you don't say is used against you. Keeping quiet is wrong. Talking is wrong. When that moment in life comes. When you speak. When people have already concluded you are wrong. When you speak, they say you are defending yourself. If you didn't do it, you couldn't speak. You could have kept quiet. So that talking is that you are defending yourself. And then you keep quiet. They say this silence is a sign of guilt. It's a sign of guilt. Because if she didn't do it, she could have talked by now. In those moments, only the Lord can vindicate you. But there are some things in our lives I want us to understand. We will only be dedicated to the Because some people are going to conclude we committed the issue. When we did it. So the Bible says this testimony of the Lord is sure. It is sure. There is nothing else on planet earth that is sure as the word of God. Hallelujah. It makes the wise, the ones that are the wise, it makes them simple. There is every situation. How to behave in a relationship before marriage. How to treat your wife is in the Bible. And even the Bible says, hey, one of the scriptures in the Bible says, dwell with your wife with understanding. So that, so that, huh? Aha, uh-huh, you see what I'm saying. It says dwell with her with understanding. So that your prayers are not hindered. Now you are a man. The other one is a woman. I've never been born a woman before. And you have never been born a man before. And God says you dwell with each other with understanding. So that your prayers are not hindered. So whatever happens on planet earth. After everything has happened. You say but you and I we need to dwell with each other with understanding. Or do you want our prayers to be hindered? Instead of no, say, okay, let's agree. We want our prayers to be hindered. If we don't want them hindered, let's go with each other. It makes wise. There is in these scriptures. In these scriptures, there is. An answer to even academics. 
The Bible says the statutes. That's another way the, the scriptures are presented. It says the statutes of the road are right. Rejoicing the heart. I can assure you there are moments in life when the word of God rejoices your heart. People look at you. Things are not going the way you thought they would. And they are wondering. When you meet her, she's always smiling. But you know what? Jesus, you are my firm foundation. You are my firm foundation. Your statutes are right, oh God. Rejoice in the heart. You can begin to rejoice in the Lord. There are moments you are reading the scriptures. You are all by yourself. You go into a time of worship like the one we just had right now. And your heart is full of gladness. And they say the joyful spirit makes it. You know, you know when there is full of joy in your heart. When there is a lot of peace in your heart. Even though things are not working the way they were. Your face tells the story. When things are not right, you can try to fake it the way you want to fake it. People will know she is faking it. Hallelujah. Because the word of God, there is only one thing that is right and which rejoices the heart. And and those of you who are married, yes, you can laugh with your husband, you can laugh with your wife, but but I can also tell you the truth. There are some moments when you feel like... uh, can, can, can you just go? Oh, I want to be alone. There are moments when you are a parent, especially fathers. Being a father is not easy. Being a mother is also not easy. But there are moments in life when you are a father, you feel like, let your wife go out. Let your children go out. I should just be alone. Hallelujah. And women, please be going out now. Take the children. Go. I want to be alone. Amen. You need those moments. You, and, and the women may not understand it. The children may not understand it. But I love you. But you know what? Sometimes I want to be alone. I just want to be alone. I want to be alone and say, God, where, where are we going? You gave me this responsibility to be in charge of somebody's daughter. And you say, till death do us part. I didn't create her. And there's some moments I don't understand her. You want me to sleep on the same bed with her day in, day out. Till, till Jesus comes. God, how am I going to handle this? Hallelujah. Only the word of God can take you in those seasons of life. Only the word of God. It's not the wisdom of your auntie. It's not the wisdom of your uncle. Because your uncle and your auntie, they're also dealing with their own issues. Even though they may want to fake it. Hallelujah. The only thing that is right that rejoices your heart is the word of God. Nothing else. You can read as many self-motivating books as you want to read on earth. They will not do what the word of God does. Hallelujah. Number four. The Bible
Bible says the commandment of the Lord is pure. Enlightening the eyes. So the word of God is represented as well as the commandment of the Lord. It says it is pure. Everything else is impure. But the word of God is pure. And the Bible says it enlightens the eyes. What does it mean? It means that the word of God refocuses your vision. And you lost your vision long time ago. The only way you can regain your vision is through the word of God. This I am telling you. Hallelujah. It is the word of God. It is only the word of God that will help you to stay off a lot of dead ends. Church, understand. God created us for a purpose. There is a destiny that God wants us to fulfill and accomplish on planet earth. And there are also so many thorns and so many cares of the world. And there are so many issues of the world that can make us lose our vision. And I can guarantee a lot of people have lost their vision in life. And the only thing that will make you regain that vision is the word of God. I've told you there is an answer to everything in this world. Because there are some moments that you have to come before him and say, Create me a clean hand. Give me a right spirit. And did you understand the blessedness, says the preacher, that even things you thought you can't be forgiven, you discover God. And you regain your focus. You regain your vision in life. The only thing that will help you to regain that vision in life is something called the commandment of the Lord. Something called the word of the Lord. It's better to finish well in life after you messed up for 15 years. You know, I, w- I would like to say this this morning. The way you will end your life now. In all the things that matter in life is the way you end. You don't choose your beginning. You didn't choose the family you were to be born. The only thing that will matter at the end of the day, when people are talking about your legacy, it's about how you have ended in life. And, and let me say one simple word. Please make a decision today and say, Lord, in spite of the issue of the fact that I am human and I am flesh, but Lord, never allow that my life becomes a problem. A proverb goes like this. Don't, don't, don't become an example of why people say, my child, you can become everything in life that avoid coming like this. Hallelujah. The only thing that will help you that is the word of God. 
If you want to refocus your vision, to regain your vision, it's the word of God. You've heard me say in church before, never ever waste your pain. Out of your mess, God gives you a message. Some of the things you hear people speak confidently about is because they have been through it, they have come out, and they can speak confidently. It's the people who speak with wounds that you believe that. Not wounds, scars. Every scar tells a story. That dog maybe already has got a scar right now. He tells a story. Some of us, the scars are in the heart. But they tell a story. Some of the scars are on the body. They tell a story. When Brother Martin was preaching the other day, he told about his own scar. It is a story to that scar. You look, you look at people. There are scars. Every scar tells a story. The worst part is when the wound is come and you decide to see them. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is clean. It means the fear of man is not clean. The only fear that is clean is the fear of the Lord. And the Bible says enduring forever. The fear of the Lord. The Bible says it is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord. And the Bible says it is clean. It is clean. It endures forever. And why is the fear of the Lord clean? It's because godliness only comes with discipline. Without discipline in your life, you will never become godly. Hallelujah. And finally, the Bible says, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. What is the Bible saying? The Bible is saying, biblical lifestyle. If you want to live a biblical lifestyle, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like Nehemiah, like Daniel, like Esther, like David, like all these saints of God, the answer is in the Bible. The Bible will keep you out of trouble. The Bible will teach you the Bible. The Hallelujah. The Bible will give you discernment. It's so heartbreaking that there are lords and lords of children of God who just walk around like sheep. Maybe because he says, oh, oh, we like sheep. But it breaks the heart when you see a child of God walking without discernment. And the reason is because they are not in the Bible. They want the word from God, but they don't want the word of God. Hallelujah. The word of God, whether we want it or not, is eternal. It's amazing that this word will remain forever. I am preaching today. I am 49. Next year I'm turning 50. By God's grace, we'll see what the Lord will do. But you know what? There will be a time when my nephew is in I wish that the thing with my nephew. My nephew is young. Okay? But I can assure you, when he grows up and begins to preach, he will not create a new Bible for it will still be New King James Version. My niece, who is one year old now, 
When she grows up and begins to talk. When they say, now let us memorize scripture. In the beginning, it will be in the very same beginning we memorize when we are young. The very same in the beginning she will memorize when she begins to talk. I want you to understand the word of God is eternal. The word of God doesn't change. One day I was preaching here in church. I said, you know what? When I was young, a lot of things fascinated me. One of the things that really fascinated me was when we were in the car. Especially the bus, because we had no car in our hands. When I go in the bus, and the bus begins moving, there was something very interesting that used to happen. The trees would move at very high speed. And it was so amazing. Wow, trees are moving. Only later on I discovered the trees were not moving. It was the bus that was moving. That's exactly how God is God is stationary. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He remains God. The ones who change is us. And when we change, we think God changes. When our thinking becomes corrupted, we also think God's thinking becomes corrupted. No. He is eternal. The word that Isaiah spoke when he was born and God called him to be a prophet, the word that Amos spoke the way that Jonah spoke, the way that, that Ezekiel spoke, that word, 20 years from now, will still remain the same word. Because this word is given by inspiration. Hallelujah. That's why I'm saying the word of God will keep you out of trouble. The word of God, is, the Bible is a timeless book. And the principles in the Bible never change. You can try to talk to me and convince me the way you want to talk to me. That is the philosophy of man. But this word will never change. So from time to time, we face issues that we need guidance on, on how to handle those issues. And I'm going to speak this morning and tell you that there are only really two ways in life. Two ways in life to really deal with anything you face. Only two ways. And I love the Bible. The Bible hasn't made it complicated. And those two ways are based on two desires. So anything you do in life, there is only two desires that you want to fulfill. And there are only two ways to fulfill those two desires. There is one way to fulfill the other desire. And there is another way to fulfill the other desire. This is what the Bible says. There is one way which is called the way of the righteous. The way of the righteous will take you towards God. Because your desire is you want to be where God is. And then there is the way of the ungodly which will take you away from God. It's only those two things. It's either you're going towards God, you're going away from God. And every moment you're going towards God is because you're walking in the way of the righteous. Every time you turn away from God is because you're walking in the way of the ungodly. And the church says, Amen. Psalm 1, verse 1 and 2. The Bible says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Other versions of the Bible says happy. Happy is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, 
who does not sit in the path, who does not stand in the path of sinners, who does not sit in the seat of the scornful. What, what, what is that word saying to us? That word is saying something very simple. It is very possible to be a child of God and be ungodly. Hallelujah. It is very possible to be a child of God and be ungodly. There is a way that seems right to a man. But its end is a way of death. What does it mean to be ungodly? Being ungodly is to live your life minus God. That's being ungodly. Now you can tell me, oh, but, but you know what? I'm, I'm, my life is not minus God. Okay, simple. Being ungodly is when you begin to follow the philosophy. And, and, and one time, we'll read that scripture just last. When you begin to follow the philosophy of man, and here is a man who is seeking in life is to seek to understand his existence, his control in life without regard to God. You can't live a life without God. You can't. There are people who have never thought about God in their life. Never. And you call them your best friends. There are people who in their whole thinking process, the whole thinking process, when they begin to think about things, there is never an equation or a point where they bring in God in that thinking process and say, but what is the Lord saying? Because I know my heart can deceive. And that is the beginning point. That is the beginning point. Influence in life comes from people who speak to you. Hallelujah. And I love it. I love it in, in, in church and, and it's, not in, in, it's not in KICC only. But almost I think every pastor struggles with this. People in the church would prefer to go get counsel from a psychologist. I'm not saying psychologists are bad. They would prefer to go get a counsel from a psychologist than from a pastor. Because they know that the pastor is going to force them to walk in the way of the righteous, which is going to take them toward God. And then they'll go to if, if you have a psychologist who is a Christian, who is a believer, who fears God, I can guarantee you that what that psychologist is going to say is going to say that at the end of the day, all that matters is God. Because this one is psychology. You can never give people what you don't have. And every time when I share with anyone else, I'm sharing them part of my life. So you know, I mean, so you, you go immediately. And, and, and you know, this counsel is not right. But because it pleases the soul, then you go. Paul one day, listen to this word. Paul. And what Paul spoke to the church in Colossae applies to us today. This is what Paul says. Verse 1 of 2 Colossians chapter 2. And I want you to just listen to these words. 
I wish I had the easy to read version of the Bible, but let me just read this one. He says, For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, including us, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So where are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge hidden? In God. Hallelujah. It's not in Ahithopel. Because the day Abyssalom will not listen to the counsel of Ahithopel, even though Ahithopel, when he speaks, he speaks like the gods, but because Abyssalom has not followed his counsel, Ahithopel is going to get a rope and go and hang himself. So all the knowledge, all the wisdom is hidden in God. Let's carry on. Now, this I say, verse 4, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. There are people who can speak to you with persuasive words and take you away from the presence of God. Hallelujah. It says, for though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in, in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Amen. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Who makes a decision to be taught? You. Hallelujah. Verse 8. Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him, Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all prosperity and power. The only place where you will be complete is in Christ. Hallelujah. It says, People speak with persuasive words. Now, here you are. I'll use an example of a young woman. Not that I hate the young women, but I'll use the example of the young woman. Example. It's an example. So here you are, a young woman. You've been very faithful before God all your life. And then the biological clock is now beginning to tick. And then you meet a friend who says, but you know what? Alright? And you, you really want to have it. Because God is the one who has put it in there. So then, this friend of yours says, yes, yep, you know what. Hallelujah. The moment you translate that information into action, immediately, immediately, you want to know more. And I can assure you from that moment, you are not going to read the Bible. You are going now to begin to look for people who did a thing like that 
And afterwards, they made things right with God. And you begin to come up with case studies. There are people, when you want to talk to them about the way of righteousness, they bring you case studies. But you know, Jim Baker was the first one to come on TV before all these other guys. And then Jim Baker messed up like this. So even find yourself. You know, the way God forgave Jim Baker, he forgave him. Yes, Jim and Swagat. The way Jim Swagat did this, and therefore God forgave him afterwards, and he made things right with God, and at me also, God forgave him. Oh, let me tell you this. Let's see what this is. Walks in unrighteousness. And dies in his righteousness. The righteous deeds he did before. Those ones. If an unrighteous man hangs around and dies in righteousness, the unrighteousness he did before. What will matter is, has he died in righteousness? I can assure you there are people away from God, and you die in sin, you will go What is your basis, Pastor McDuff? Ezekiel. Hallelujah. Because, because the moment you translate it into action, the Bible calls it walking. Hallelujah. It, the, because the information was the cancel. So the moment you get the cancel, now the Bible says it calls it walking. The moment you begin to walk in anything, you embrace it as your philosophy. To the point that you can become so settled in the cancel of friends and their influence is translated into involvement. And I can assure you, there are people, I look at them and I go like, you know, she is a believer. I have great respect for this person. But this other one is also a believer who lives an ungodly life. Hallelujah. Because actually you see them, Explain to me, is this another mystery? Hallelujah. And, and this one is ungodly. You know what? In moment by moment, you begin to embrace that philosophy. And every decision you make in life leads into commitment, and the commitment eventually becomes your attitude and lifestyle. Hallelujah. So the Bible says you begin with the ungodly. And the moment you translate that information into action, 
you begin to stand in the path of sinners. And the moment it has become part of you, you now be, begin to sit in the seat of the scornful. What the Bible says, the seat of the scornful is that you yourself has become an influencer towards evil. You yourself. And the flesh has got this gravitational pull towards you. It's more or less like we are programmed for destruction. Because the flesh, what it wants, it has nothing to do with God. And the Bible says, yes, there's a gravitational pull, but avoid it. Yes, there's a gravitational pull, but don't get involved. Yes, there is a gravitational pull, but don't get caught up. Because if you don't, there will be a progressive moving away from God. There is always a progression. So the Bible says, walk, stand, sit, cancel, weigh, sit. Ungodly, sinners, scornful. You become the influencer. Your association has a lot to do with whether you will end up where, where God will determine you to be or not. And the, the majority, the greatest influence of that is who you associate with. I'll tell you a quick story. You can read it later when you go home as I begin to end up. There's a story in 2 Chronicles chapter 9, 20 to 22. It's a story about Solomon. The story says the vessels that Solomon was using were of God and everything else. And the Bible says he was involved in business and he was making ships with Hiram and those ships we're going to Tashish. So Solomon to become who he became, the God now we know came from Tashish. And his business companion was a guy called Hiram. You find it there. Then comes in Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was the son of King Asa. And Jehoshaphat walked in the ways of his father, King Asa, who decided to live right before God. But somewhere along the way, Jehoshaphat formed again an association with a guy called Ahaziah. And Ahaziah was wicked. And these two guys again decided, let us make ships to go and do business in Tashish. And then somebody else comes over, speaks to Jehoshaphat, and says, Jehoshaphat, because you have decided to form an association with Ahaziah, the ships are going to suffer sheep. And all the ships were destroyed. How did the ship get destroyed? Because of his association with who? Ahaziah. Hallelujah. In Tashish, the God was there. The God was in Tashish. And it was the right place to do business. It was the right place to do trading. 
But Jehoshaphat's association with Ahaziah led to failure to reach the predetermined destiny. When all the things that stand on your path to reach your predetermined destiny by God will be the people you associate with. And may God deliver you from wrong associations. Because there's a way that seems right to a man. But its end is a way of death. And it's my prayer for you that you choose your associations carefully. It's my prayer that you choose who do you spend time with. If you sit down and look and say, who do I really spend time with? Is it Facebook? Because Facebook is a person. It's a book with a face. Hallelujah. Who, who do you really spend time with? Who speaks into your life? Who do you share your most ideas with? There are people, their most ideas they don't share with their wife. Where has your best friend led you to? Where has he? Something happens with the women. Even before I share with my husband, the one I'll share with is this one. And now the devil being so clever, he has made it that even when our children have issues, somehow, the devil has made them to say, this one, can't talk to your mother about This one, you can't talk to your father about But I would love, as a parent, if a child walk over to The one that wishes the best of the best. I want my children to make the right decisions in life. Now, age, this is a funny thing as a parent, and I have come to say, I'm very busy. Yeah, busy. You know what? And they are wanting to be independent, which is actually the work of God in their lives. Which is the work of God in their lives? In them becoming independent, you lose control. That is exactly a federation of redemption, Yasaland. The moment Yasaland said, We are going to become Malawi, the Britons lost the control. And then they said, Okay, but still somehow, let's become a commonwealth. So that's why you see all these commonwealth groups that are around called family WhatsApp groups. So that there can still be some sort of influence. But somebody says, we are a sovereign state. We are an independent state. You cannot choose for me who I want to marry. But, 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 but my child, but 
But in the way, that seems right to the man. But that is a lie. The Bible is no longer relevant. Philosophy of man. I get amazed. Somebody is married and has a, a, a concubine. Has, a, has another one. It's called MG2. You are married. Are you crazy? You have MG, MG2, MG3, MG4, MG5. And some of this MG5. I'm not looking at the the Bible tells us you get married to only one wife. Only one. You have your friends. Men are going to go to church. They are going to go to Las Vegas. And every Friday, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, what is the word I want to use, God? It's a standing appointment inscribed according to the law or the needs and the patients which cannot be revoked on every Saturday at 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. All of us, we go and gather to drink wine because our husbands are not treating us right. You can have that moment of two hours wine. And There's a way that seems right to the man. But the way is death. Look at the associations we have with all these tribal groupings we have. The people would rather listen to what but you know, you can so be influenced by Chewa tradition than the Bible. You can be so influenced by Tumbuka tradition than the Bible. You can be so influenced by Sena tradition than the Bible. You can be so influenced by Lome tradition than the Bible. You can't. Hallelujah. It matters who you receive counsel from because in him whom you receive their counsel, you are going to walk in their way and you will sit with them and that will determine how you are going to end up in life. How you are going to end up in life, it's not a secret. Amen. Finally, verse 2. The Bible says, but his delight... Is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. The same story he told Joshua. The same story you find in the book of Jeremiah chapter 17 before verse 9. Same story. Now, when the Bible says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, let me explain what it is not. 
Because by explaining what it is not, then you understand what it means to delight in the Lord. Hallelujah. What it is not is you opening the Bible to find out how far you can go before you cross the line, how far you can go before you sin. Because there are people who open the Bible to find out how far they can go before they sin. Okay, look here. I'll answer. Simple. As long as you are not married, even if the whole world, they can be living together, but you, because you are walking in the way of righteousness, you are not going to live together with that man or that woman and say, it's up what it's up. Come, let us lay hands on you and say you are blessed and you are your favorite and blessed shall be your going out and your coming in and as representatives of God, we declare you husband and wife. That's all right. It's not an abuga kuserena receptionals by the pitch. People do those things when they have been living in sin all their life. And you know what? The foundation matters. The foundation matters. Check, check this building. Because its foundation is not solid. It's because of the foundation. So you can tell me, Zizalong. Hallelujah, church. The kingdom of God has suffered violence, and the violence take it by force. It's us. It's us. But this we do out of love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, church. That's what I'm talking about. Don't read the Bible to find out how far can I go before I sin against God. The Bible says, anybody who knows the truth and doesn't do the truth that he knows has sin. I remember one time counseling a young girl I was preaching in a college. And the younger says, That is sin. You know what? For the young people in this church, even kissing is not allowed by Gwenzi. In fact, we never kissed. That's why this day we don't sit now. But we don't. We don't have that time. Chastity helps. Even if the whole world can be kissing, you say, ah, the word of the, the testimony of the Lord is pure. It makes the wise thing. According to the scriptures. 
If you think you want to kiss, come, let us bless you. And you see what I do every time when I marry people, I say, now you may kiss the bride. And I'll Hallelujah. Why do I sister? You are married to somebody and you kiss somebody and you come home with and, and the way these MG54 do is that they deliberately, deliberately they come and put on your shirt lipstick. And then and your wife says, What is this? Is it? It's not what, you do. what am I thinking? What am I thinking? I've asked you, what is this? And now you're asking me, it's not what you think. Are you, are you crazy? Are you stupid? Who do you think you are? Hallelujah. Just live right. Hallelujah. The man who delights in the law of the Lord is the one who accepts the decisive place of scriptures in his life. You have made a decision. This is the place of scriptures in the life. The person has an incredible desire to please the Lord. To live his life for God. Hallelujah. The man who cries before the Lord every morning. Lord, show me just one little nugget in the scriptures that will make me please you. And then God shows you a scripture like this. Romans 12, 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with evil. Make a decision to say, God, because your word has spoken. Even though they are done with you, Hallelujah. Amen. That one you do based on the and, and the way God is, God loves how to show his children how they can please him. There is no other way you can please God as according to the scriptures. I love, I always love when people in the body of Christ, if there is one argument that, goes, that has gone on and on and on and on in the body of Christ about the tithe. You say, no, the tithe is an Old Testament. And therefore, in this New Testament, we are not supposed to give the time. I'll talk about it next time. But the thing that makes you accountable is because you don't want peace. But the Bible says, if you don't give the time, you are robbing me. I can assure you, you can give 9%. It's not a time. You can give 9.999%. It's not a time. A time is 10%. If it's 9.999999, it's an offering. Hallelujah. The Bible shows you how you can live your life and please God. You have this incredible desire to please God with your And when your story is saved and told, it's not told as a proverb. It's saved. If it's life. 
now he's gone to glory to join the crowd of witnesses that is cheering So you can still make it. Are you going to face challenges? Yes. Are you going to make mistakes? Yes. When you make a mistake, what is the God of witness? Don't sit down there. Don't become an influencer. Some of the people who are the champions of evil today are people who once walked with God. Anna Imabupa Gomen Kulagi. And the others who also messed up. God. God is a He's a God who gives strength. He's a God who gives wisdom. He's a God who gives you a chance to focus your vision, to renew your mind. But this can only happen according to scriptures. No matter Everybody in the church who says, Oh, if I go to Paulo, and I'm with Timothy, who do Zuma Boka Waini, to forget it, where you will be going to go You make a decision in the same way. And I You understand what I'm saying, church? It, don't tell me your nonsense. It's because you want to be godly at the same time ungodly. The end is a way of death. And it only happens once. You drink your beer and then the beer shoots up your BP and the blood veins blow up and you die. And I will come and bury you and I'm going to say, Nipo yana That's the days of John the Baptist. Or you may have a car crash and you, and you want us to be lying to you that it, but you still go to heaven. No, you not go to heaven. Make things right with God. Next week, you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of running water. Let's see how it looks like. And then the last week, but the wicked are not so. They are like chaff. Let us know how it looks like. Those are the series I'm doing for the next two weeks. Next week, we shall be like a tree planted by rivers of running water that bears its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not move. Whatever he does, prospers. You can be prosperous and very good for your people. And then the last week will be, but the wicked are not They are like chaps. God help so that you can see chaff. So you make a decision. Say, do you want to be like a tree planted by rivers of running water? Or do you want to be like chaff? Live for God. The moment you live for God, you are going to avoid a lot of dead ends in life. Because your life pleases God. Psalm 37 says, the life yourself for so shall give you the desires of it's not that God doesn't want you to be the desire of life. It doesn't mean that you not go through the desert seasons of life. My brother-in-law was laughing at me last week. Some of you don't know, but I will, I will say the story. This is not But he says, he says, Abus, Muna bida kuti sabadacha? He said, Muna bida kumunda. Muna bida kumunda. Pachani. You know, 
filho no mundo. Agora esse cara vai virar. Porque o ouvinte se atende a dar uma zica chuva. Give you glory, give you praise, worship you for your God. We give you the worship and the adoration. Help us to live right. Help us to avoid the gains in Jesus' name.